0: Welcome to Straight Out of Savannah, Talking with Tammy, a podcast that showcases people you may not know who are choosing to use their gifts to inspire and move the planet.
1: So much for joining us for Straight Out of Savannah, talking with Tammy, my guest Jimmy Lee Jackson is here, and he's going to share a little bit about what he does. Take it away, Jimmy.
0: Hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Jimmy Lee or Jimmy Lee Jackson. Uh, I am a entrepreneur. I am a creative director, a fashion stylist, and also a clothing line designer. I have been working in the fashion industry, entertainment industry, for a little over five years, 10 years, or a little over 10 years. Uh, I have worked behind some of your favorite designers. I have worked locally here in Minnesota. Uh, here, I have worked on magazines. Uh, for some of the big artists from Kelly Rowland to Azalea Banks to Katy Perry to Naomi Campbell years ago. Uh, And I'm just a creative director. I have an art in a passion spirit uh, that I've just been pursuing ever since then.
1: That is powerful. So how did you get interested in this i mean was this something that started like when you were in school or when you were even younger than that how did you get your start
0: uh you know (laughs) it's so interesting that you asked because Mm -hmm. i never really tapped into what i really enjoyed in my inner self until i got older and i started to kind of pay attention to what was going on pay attention to um God speaking to me, I guess you could say, or my angels whispering to me on a day-to-day basis. Uh, But how I get into it, I mean, I've always enjoyed fashion. I've always enjoyed art. I've always enjoyed clothing and things of that nature. And I've always seemed to find myself geared towards that and geared towards the art aspect of things, whether it be fashion shows or um, magazine covers or paintings or even down to a cover of a book um, that was in the library. I always felt myself into it. Uh, But the way that I kind of get into it is that I remember... Uh, Growing up, my mother uh, moved here. She was Liberian uh, and her and my father divorced. And from that divorce, uh, I was staying here with Minnesota with my my mother and my father moved back to Memphis, Tennessee to where his family was. And so from here, I lived a pretty basic child growing up lifestyle. You know, there was nothing crazy that really happened. Uh, I watched my mother hustle hustle her face off uh, Mm -hmm. coming from Liberia, coming to America and just making the way not only for herself, but for her young kid. Um, I've seen her work two jobs. I've seen her graduate from a college um, and do all those things and become a registered nurse. And that hustle just kind of reside in me as well as I grow older and try to understand how life, you're supposed to kind of go through life. Uh, And then going through the whole process of everything um, as time progresses and I start to get older, um, it was just something about me being intrigued with fashion and always wanting to dress a certain way to replicate the magazines or being to tune when it comes to. Vogue or Harper's Bazaar and so on, and just really being inspired by that to kind of reflect into my clothing and my fashion and also my everyday life. Uh, My family kind of knows that I love clothes. Uh, I constantly am talking about clothes from the big designers and so on. Uh, And then getting into it, I remember there were days that I had to walk to school, high school, days that I had to walk to high school because the bus system stopped running at a certain mileage where I lived to where I think you've been living like within like a two mile radius, the, bus, the school bus wouldn't pick you up. So I had to walk to school, to high school. So I would walk to school, you know, this, you know, about a mile or so, which was no biggie. And I find myself keeping myself entertained through this process of walking, just thinking about clothes. You know, thinking about art, you know, uh, thinking about, oh, you know, I saw Tanya today. She, you know, yesterday she had these Jordans on. She really would have looked better if she wore this type of top or this type of color or had her hair this type of way. Those were the thoughts that were going through my head as I'm walking to school on a regular day-to-day basis. If I couldn't catch the bus or if I couldn't, you know, find some other way, some, some other way to get home or to get to school. And those were the things. Um, and then as time progresses, um, I, didn't pay attention, I didn't pay no attention to it. I just thought, as you know, it was something that I was weird at, or I was always the outcast and so on. That's something that's always thought where everybody else was playing sports. They had girlfriends or boyfriends, or they were too busy doing other things and parties. That was never my case. I've always I wasn't the outsider, but I was definitely that person that you knew of, but you didn't really know. You know, right. I wasn't the ba- so I wasn't the bad kid or nothing like that. I was pretty much always a good standing uh, kid growing up. But like I said, something just always in me was just intrigued with this whole world of, of artistic design and creativity. Um, and then as I got older, um, my mother had passed um, in the okay. process of, I'm sorry, um, I'm sorry? I'm sorry to hear that. You know, you know, I am too. You know, I, I am too. It's, it's sad to hear a loss of somebody who you love so much as such a huge inspiration in your life. But I could tell you right now, I would not be where I am had she not passed. Oh, right. Wow. We'll talk about that. Yes, I will not be where I am had she not passed, or I would not have gone down the journey that I've gone had God not taken her away from me. And for that, I hold no grudge in my heart for Him doing so. but anyway we'll get
1: into
0: that powerful yeah believe it or not I mean that is powerful
1: because so many people do matter of fact a lot of people turn away from God just because of you know those type of situations and that seeing that you can see the growth from that situation is powerful now
0: go on uh yes I mean absolutely uh I uh, almost had to get teary-eyed. Uh, <laughs> I just can't give you a tissue, though. <laughs> oh, that's okay. I think I have one over here somewhere. <laughs> uh, just in case. Uh, no, but as I got older, uh, my mother had passed, and she kind of left, She left me with nothing. To be honest with you, there was no life insurance policy. There was no trust fund saved up. Uh, all she did was work, you know, and I live a pretty good lifestyle because she was making good money as a registered nurse. Uh, and I always got allowances every week and so on. So my lifestyle, because I was the only child, was pretty lit for the most part. You know, I always got what I wanted because I was the only child. Christmases, birthdays were always, you know, there for me. But like I said, she left me with nothing. And so she also left unexpectedly. So the family, I was going to ask that. because that yeah, she, she would be young, wouldn't she? Yeah, she was. I want to say she was forty-two, and then I was fifteen, and oh so. Gosh. And so, going through that transitional phase from going to elementary school and then transitioning all the way into high school was a big stepping stone for, I think for any young adult or young teenager for a because it's a whole new life. You're experiencing a whole new level of emotions and the whole new thing. So she kind of left in a place to where I kind of needed her the most. Oh yeah. And I didn't say that, understand- say that again for the people in the back. <laughs> I said she kind of left me in a space or at a time to where I needed her the most.
1: Yes, yes.
0: And I didn't understand why this was happening, you know, until, like I said, I got older. And like I said, I will touch on that. Um, But she left me with my biological father. Now, some of you guys may know, some of you guys may not know, but my name is Jimmy Lee Jackson, but I'm a junior. So it's Jimmy Lee Jackson, junior. My mother at that time was dating a man, Jimmy, of course, uh, who did sign his name on my birth certificate. When I was 11, maybe 12, maybe 13 years old, my mother revealed to me that my father, who I called dad, wasn't my father. Oh, wow. And that there was a man named Dale who actually was my father. And to be honest, with you, it didn't really hit me. You know, she didn't really strike me as a surprise. Some people be, you know, flabbergasted or scared or felt betrayed. But I didn't feel that type of way. I was actually more so intrigued. Mm-hmm. And so she scheduled the day to where Dale can actually come to the house so I could actually meet him. And I said, okay, sure. And Tammy, let me tell you, this man, he spit me out. Okay, this man was my father, no doubts about it. Um, and I accepted it. I accepted it because I knew the truth, you know, without the truth actually being told to me. So I, I, I knew I knew the truth and I accepted it. And So we kind of built a relationship from that, from him being gone and so on and so forth. To this day, we still keep in contact. Um, and then as time progresses, we went to go live with him and he was actually, my mother was in the process of moving and we went to go live with him in his one bedroom apartment um, while she was in the process of finding a new place, um, hence why she died. Um, in his home or his apartment at that time, left me at 15. And so the family decided to kind of take me in and kind of take care of me in the process until I was old enough to kind of take care of myself. And so I went to live with my uncles and my aunt at the time um, for you know a couple of years and so on. And then it was time for me to graduate and I graduated. Um, and then from there I was in the process of trying to go to school. You know, in for me in the process, I was trying to go to school, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I didn't know if I wanted to be a doctor. I didn't know if I want to be a lawyer. I didn't know if I wanted to be a fire hydrant or, you know, a garbage <laughs> man. <laughs> All I knew was the fact that I had to do something and I had to do something fast because I know that time is very short and you don't make a decision when you need to make a decision. Yes. So... My aunt, she asked me, she was like, well, what do you want to do? They call me Junior. So she said, what do you want to do, Junior? And I'm like, "Uh, I want to be a businessman. I want to be one of those guys who go to corporate offices, who wears the nice suits, has a briefcase, drives a nice car. You know, he makes all the money. You know, that's what I'm thinking in my head, right? He makes all the money. Like he has an office in the corner. That's what I wanted to be. No matter what situation that was, that's the idea that I had in my head for myself at that time. Right. Uh, Let me tell you, God had a whole different plan for that. Okay. Yeah, he he
1: has a sense of
0: humor. He comedian of the year every year, right? (laughs) (laughs) He
1: say I want, and he say "Mm, no, (laughs) not that.
0: Seriously, seriously, what's the old saying? If you want to make God laugh, tell him what you you want or what you want in life. Yeah. Crazy. So I uh she asked me what I wanted to be, and I told her I wanted to be, you know, this this business mogul or person or whatever of corporate America. And she because says, okay. You know,
1: what? you know what it is too? You didn't know that at the time half of those people are mortgaged to the eyeballs. <laughs> they stress the fuck out. They can't pay their bills. <laughs> you
0: know what I mean? Okay. You know, so that that's the backstory, right? Nobody tells you that. No. That's- <laughs> Nobody ever tells you that, that the most successful people are the probably the most miserable people half the time, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, so she's like, okay, you know, do what you got to do. And so in the process of me going to school, I was still working, trying to find my way, trying to find my path, trying to figure out who I am as a person, uh, as a young adult at that time. Mm-hmm. And so in the process of it, uh, they had kicked me out because they you know, they thought that I wasn't contributing to the household. And respectively, I really wasn't. But like I said, I was in the process of still growing and trying to figure things out. Uh, they had, came from a generation to where you worked, you made it, you provided. Uh, and I grew up in a generation to where I work, I provided, but I still kind of did what I had to do. And I didn't realize until later in life. So they kicked me out and I went to go live with my sister um, in the suburbs. Um, and God bless her soul. I love her to death. Uh, she taught me a lot. She taught me how to hustle. She taught me how to make a way where there was no way. She taught me how to go into a jungle and come out a king, you know, and Ooh. I will never be appreciative, appreciative of her for her hustle mentality because to this day, it sticks with me. And because of that, I have moved and did deals simply based off her teachings for that. And so I will, I will always, go ahead, I'm sorry. I said, that's powerful. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. It's a few things that a lot of people don't teach you when it comes to it. Hustling the right way, the way you need to hustle is is a rare teaching that a lot of people don't get a chance to grow up on. But I appreciate that for that. Um, And then from there, um, with me living with my sister after my mom had passed, um, I I got on my own. I started to do my own thing. I got my own place, got my own car, started to work, and understand how life is officially supposed to work. And then from there, um, I was working at Walmart, you know, when I first moved out to the suburbs with and I was working at Walmart as a CSM, which is a customer service manager. And it was pretty standard. It was a standard workday for me on a regular basis. Uh, A small situation that happened on my customer service registers and I ended up Getting fired because of it. Um, It was nothing crazy. I didn't steal any money or nothing like that, or you know, disobeyed or uh, anything like that. Because you know, people will start to think like, "Oh, you stole some money." That's what you're like. No, I didn't. I Uh, I, I made enough. I didn't need to. So I was gonna say you black too. So that's how we on black, black. right? And here I am. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) So here I am in the suburbs, and my job got fired. You mean like, oh, he must have stole something, or he was this? No, that wasn't the case. It was a small mishap. That you know what? I,
1: I, you know what I think when I hear it. I think, oh, he probably said something to somebody that they didn't like.
0: You know, I've had my moments, but that didn't equate for me to getting fired because they understood me well enough to know I'm still a nice guy, but at the same time, I'm not a pushover. So, right. Right. Uh, so I got fired. I got fired from Walmart, and it was the best thing that's ever happened to me.
1: <laughs> that's awesome. I hear that so much, though. I do hear it all the time.
0: It was the best thing, though. It's crazy. It was the best thing that ever happened to me. And for the reason of that, um, it's really when God said, excuse my language, sit your ass down. It's time for you to focus (laughs) on what I have for you. Yes. You know, Um, and at that moment, I was like, "Okay, you know, I have this idea of of being successful, but I also kind of want to do what I want to do. And I want to do something that I enjoy doing. And so I said to myself, I was like, you know what? I'm going to work from home. I'm going to teach myself how to sew and make clothes and just start becoming a designer because deep down that's what I wanted to do. Hmm. So I took the last little $800 check that I got from Walmart, (laughs) I bought myself a sewing machine. Uh, I bought some fabric and I went on YouTube and I started researching everything about sewing and putting garments together and so on. And then from there, um, my skill, sorry, my technique turned into a skill. And from that skill, I was able to craft garments and clothes and accessories and all these things very well, simply because I was diligent and persistent in making a way because I felt that I couldn't fail. Ooh. You know, I couldn't allow myself to fail in that moment because I refused to become anything but great. I've seen my mother come from Africa with nothing and make something. So it will only be right that her seed would do the exact same thing, right? Yes. Despite all the obstacles in front of it. So I said, okay. So I started sewing. I started sewing. I started sewing. I started creating. I started creating. Um, And then from there, I started to look at newspapers and magazines and my local magazines and things like that to, you know, how can I invest in myself, but also have people around me who are like-minded so I can learn from them. Yes. Because no matter how smart you may feel like you are or how many degrees you have, you can't do it alone in this world.
1: (laughs) I always say, no man is an island.
0: Not a one. And
1: I say that all the time. And even with clients that I've had, they're saying, well, I'm trying to do this and this and that. I said, well, did you reach out and ask for help? Well, no. I said, no man's an island. We're not even designed to be an island. I said, even when God created man, he didn't just create one person, he created two.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Because he did not want man to be what? Alone. Exactly. All one. I said, so we are not an island. And I'm like you, I had to learn that as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I didn't, and also it was for the fact that I didn't want to let my mother down, you know, you know, even though she was in heaven looking down, but I didn't want to let her down, but also I didn't want to let my family see me down because of whatever thoughts I had that they were had thoughts about me. You know what I'm saying? I didn't want to be that person to where like, Oh, look at junior, you know, he didn't succeed. He lost his mother. He become this big Shakespearean uh, tragedy tale. You know, like, that was my fear. Like, that was my fear that was driving me, like, there's no, excuse me, no way I'm going to be sleeping onto somebody's bridge. Like, Mm -hmm. it's just, I, I, I I would work at McDonald's, I would flip burgers, I would do whatever needed to be done to make a way. Yeah. And so... And so from there, I did fashion. I I started creating. I started making garments or whatever. And then I started to team up with a few people locally uh, when it comes to designing, people who are in the field of photography, people who are models, people who are entertainers, singers, whatever the case would be that I can dip my fingers into, I have my fingers in that bowl um, one way or the other. I was working backstage at this. I was cleaning up this. I was working on styling this. And so from there, I just built my resume. Um, into where I started to become kind of well known backstage on just me just being helped, just helping, you know, just being an assistant to whatever needed to be done. So you put yourself time, in that place. I'm sorry?
1: I said so you put yourself in that place.
0: Yeah, well, I became a what servant. That's what I was gonna say. I was yep. going there. Go ahead. Yep. I became a servant before I became a leader. Mm-hmm. And that helped me learn the foundation of everything that I needed to know that helped me to this day. Uh, that was big for me. And then from there, once I had all my eggs and ducks in a row, I, was, I kind of said to myself, I said, you know what? I can do this. Let me start creating my own brand. Let me start creating my own name for myself uh, because if they can do it, then I know for a fact that I can do it. And so I started sewing, I started creating. Um, I hired a few of my friends as models. And I was like, you need to wear this. And I'm taking pictures of it. And they were like, okay, <laughs> you know, like, whatever, sure. Uh, and so from there, I will post pictures online. And then uh, here in Minnesota, they had a fashion week. Minnesota has a fashion week. And so from there, I registered my name for one of the designers to be featured in Fashion Week, um, and I launched my very first clothing line uh, back in t- 2012, 2013, 14, I want to say, Okay. Um, and I launched my own clothing line, and then from there, just seeing my clothes on the runway in this little venue here in Minnesota just sparked a fire in me to keep going, and then from there, I kept going. And I kept going, and I kept going, and I kept going.
1: (laughs) That is so, that's, that's so encouraging because I know that there had to have been many times when you were like, you know, I don't know if I can do this, you know, or maybe I'm thinking too big, you know, what did you say to yourself during
0: those times? Tammy, let me tell you something. We're about to get into it. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Listen, life and death is in the power of the tongue. Yes. And so I'm a huge believer in energy. I'm a huge believer in manifestation. And I believe whatever you put into the world will automatically be a boomerang to what you get back. And if you're not careful, if you're not facing focus the way you need to be focused, that boomerang would do things. You'll rather catch it gonna hit you in the face. Definitely. And so (laughs) my thought was always being focused. And I understood from a very young age you had to be careful of your steps, you had to be careful what you say. And also you had to be very careful how you treat people because you don't know what spiritual background they may have, whether they're worshiping up the Buddha, the devil, or God himself. So you have to be careful of those three entities when it comes to dealing with people and just moving through life in general. Uh-huh. Uh, it would save you a ton of trouble. Yes. And so there were days that I knew that I wasn't good enough to do the bigger things that I wanted to do, but that didn't let me down. I understood that I had to step my game up in order to make that happen. Mm-hmm. And that's what drives me. Um, there may there be many days to where I've designed a shirt or come up with some idea, and I'm like, you know what? This isn't, this isn't Gucci. You're like I like this isn't the Louis Vuitton that I saw on the runway last week. <laughs> so I said to myself, okay, well, what skill and craft do I not possess that I can be figured or be considered on the same level that they are on? And so I went out and I had to taught my teach myself. Uh, a better skill or so on and so forth to make it happen. But there, there have been many days that I felt like I didn't do it. Uh, after that, to, like probably even after my mother had passed, I was still dealing with depression. You know, there was a time that I was a struggling artist. When I say struggling, the only way, the only thing that kept me alive was the fact that I had a job at that moment just to pay the bills. Not to buy groceries. I do not have money to buy groceries. My brother used to work at KFC. So I used to text him every day. Um, and for some reason, my phone was off. But I was with a text, don't ask me how that works. Um, God. <laughs> it, it had to be God. Because I'm like, how am I to able to text? But I can't make a phone call. Or, but anyway, so he worked at KFC. And I used to be like, bro, can you please bring me some chicken? Like, like that's how broke I was. I didn't even have $1. seventy-five to even catch the bus to go to work. And I was working a mile and a half away. That's how struggling I was. I was losing weight. I couldn't even pay my light bill. And it's so funny that I couldn't pay my light bill for I want to say it for about seven months. And mm-hmm. my light still stayed on. Oh wow. I don't I don't know how. God I, I do not know how. I would get the letter every month. You owe $255. You owe $375. You owe 400 dollars This is your final notice. <laughs> And I didn't have the money to pay it, but my lights were still on somehow, some way. Wow. It's only God. Uh, and every month it was the same situation. I had to go down to my leasing office and beg and plead the leasing manager. Say, hey, you know what? My rent's $800. I only have 350. Can you please wait until index pay period? <laughs> every month I did that. I'm sure she used to look at me and be like, hey, okay, y'all okay, You're fine. <laughs> Like, okay, fine, whatever, dude. Like, you know, that was the case. But I was struggling. I was really struggling. That, like, that was almost my like second lowest point in life. Was was dealing with that. And then it got to a point that I'm just like, you know what? I want to get out of here. I, I need to move. I was thinking about moving to California. And then something happened. A transition happened. Uh, there was a lady who, um, for my best friend. His wife, their daughter was Spanish and her daughter was having a quinceañera. And people don't don't know what a quinceañera is. A quinceañera is just a Spanish way of celebrating adulthood in the Latino community. So they have like one big party. It will be pretty much our equivalent of a sweet 16. It's like a coming out. Exactly, Mm -hmm. exactly. So she was having quinceañera and so somehow, some way, they had heard that I was designing and word got out. And so she came to me, she said, hey, you know, my daughter's having a quinceañera. I would love for you to make her dress. Uh, are you able to do it and so on? And I'm like, hey, I have nothing better to do with my life. You're gonna give me a little bit of money for it. I'm, gonna, I'm not gonna charge you a lot. So yeah, absolutely I'll do it. So I made the dress. I gave her the dress. She invited me to the quinceañera, you know, just, you know, as a friend, so I went to the quinceañera. It was amazing. It was fun. She looked beautiful. Uh, and so she came back to me about a, about a month later. She says, hey, you know, I so appreciate you for designing my daughter's dress. She loved it. We loved it. Everybody loved it at the party, da, 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 da. Uh, hey, do you normally do things like this? Like, are you a designer? We're like, what do you And I was like, yeah, you know, I just design here and there whenever I can or whatever and so on. Uh, but in the process of that, I was building my portfolio, you yeah. know, because I knew that one day there was something bigger for me. And so she was like, okay, well, you know, you're really talented. And I'm like, you know, thank you. I just do this off a of whim. I'm just, you know, I'm not even that good, you know, self-doubting myself. <laughs> Uh, and she was like, okay, well, do you have any other work? You know, I'm just curious. And I was like, yeah. So I gave her my portfolio um, and come to find out she was the buyer and vendor for Target. Target. Oh, wow. Yeah. She was a buyer and vendor for Target. And so I didn't know this until probably two weeks later. I just thought she wanted me to, you know, give her her book because she wanted to make more designs. not realizing that she was giving my portfolio to the execs at Target Corporation. So six months later, uh, I get a call. She's like, hey, this is such and such. I was wondering, will you be able to kind of sit down with me and a few of the execs here at Target Corporation and kind of talk about some ideas and maybe a job opportunity? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. I'd love to sit (laughs) down. Like, why not? Okay. Yeah. So like, okay, sure. So we sit down, I talk to the execs. The execs tell me I'm great. They tell me this, they tell me that. They tell me that they want me to work for them. Um, And immediately I knew that God was working. Immediately I knew that my life was going to transition and transform. And so I tapped into that hustle mentality that my sister had installed in me to say, okay, junior, this is where the big boys play here's what you need to do. So immediately I got on my phone. I looked up a lawyer. I didn't get on the phone. I looked up a lawyer, a local lawyer at the time who had a very, very, very small firm. He's big now. He lives in New York, but he has a, he had a very, very small firm. And I said, hey, I am a designer, I'm with these execs, I would love for you to kind of work with me to kind of look over the paperwork, then talking about this, then talking about that, then talking about this. Um, and I went back to Target and the execs and I told them, I said, you know, I would love to work with you, but not for you because I understand my craft and what I'm capable of doing because of all this time I have put work into it. And so I don't think at that time I wanted to work for Target or for them at that time, I wanted to work with them. Well." They didn't like that because they're kind of like, oh, we're going to give you some money. Why would you, you know, try it? A day? Uh, so after a couple of weeks passed, they came back to me um, with a contract and the lady came back to me and said, you know what, they want to give you a chance. They want to give you a chance on your ideas. But first, they need more proof that you are capable of delivering what they're trying to expect, which is simply just money. You know, how much money can you make us? Mm-hmm. So I immediately, got, I immediately got on my hustle. I start sewing my life away. <laughs> <laughs> I start making t-shirts and samples and everything I knew that I was going to need it, that, that was going to need in order to show these people. But well, not only from a creative standpoint, but also from a exec and business standpoint to show them, you know, hey. This is what the people want. It's the basic, you know, uh, quote of economic supply and demand. They are demanding this. We're able to supply it under your wing. I'm able to deliver. They're like, okay. But when it comes to it, we're not going to give you anything. We're not going to give you, well, first of all, they gave me a small budget. I mean, small budget um, for to make the clothes. No promo. I didn't get any promotion off of it. No marketing behind it know anything. They was like, okay, we'll give you a small budget. We'll allow you to make one season of the clothes and then we'll kind of go from there to see how well it does. Pretty much kind of set me up for failure, right? Mm-hmm. Cause how do you know about somebody coming out in a major corporation without any marketing promotion or nothing like that, right? Nobody knows, right? Right, yes. Except for the people who work there, or maybe the people who, you know, go in and out, they kind of kind of see it. Uh, so I said, okay, you know what? I'm gonna take this. And so I put my heart, soul, and spirit into that little collection that could for Target. I had one Z-Rack, or which is just a rack of clothes, to where my clothes were sitting in the men's department. No signage, no marketing, just clothes sitting on the rack of the rest of their clothes on the rack. Through God's grace, I told everybody, I was like, my clothes is in Target, my clothes is in Target, my clothes is in Target. Nobody believed me. Nobody believed me. Because I've been talking about this for a while. I'm like, I'm in the process of doing something big. You guys need to pay attention. Nobody believed me. They put my clothes in a rack. One by one, people started to go to Target. Now, mind you, it's only in one location. So you had to go to this location specifically to see my clothes on the rack with no sign or nothing. The only thing that's available is just my name on the tag, right? Oh. So I told them one by one. People start to get it and they start to catch on. My like flyer, they started to catch on. They started to catch on. And next, you know, this clothes sold out. The mm. quarters. I go back to the execs. I sit down with the execs at Target Corporation. And I said, "Hey, so how do I do?" They were blown away. They were like, how is this possible? You're unknown. You're (laughs) a designer. We didn't give you no marketing. We didn't give you no promotion. We didn't even give you an email address for people Mm. on our website to even find your clothes. The only way to find my clothes was to actually go to this specific one location and people bought it. Mm. People bought it. That's when they came back to me and says, "Hey, let's work something else out." And immediately from there, I was like, "Okay, let's really talk business." And from there, I did a, I did seven, seven seasons of clothing from there, and then from there, it was, it was history. So. Oh, that <laughs>
1: is that's a hell of a ride. What is Say something. Your sound is, I don't know if it's my end or yours. Yeah, it's like really low though. And it just did that like just now. So I don't know if we did something different. Uh, okay, but anyway, we're gonna close out anyway. Um, I'm so super excited. Your story is amazing. Um, If you haven't thought about it before, I think you should write a book. But you know, that's just the author of me. (laughs) Oh gosh. But anyway, this has been so amazing. I have, I got my own nuggets. I've been writing down stuff because I always take notes. And I just like the fact that you knew that God was at work in your life. And I mean, that is like so key and people don't realize that, you know, and even because that small budget that they gave you just was enough to get you in the door, but they didn't even recognize that, but you knew, and that is the most important thing. I mean, I think from all of that, that's what I get from it. So anyway, we're going to... um, Get off of here because I have so enjoyed this. I could talk to you for another 30 minutes. <laughs> so maybe we'll have to do it again because it's been fire. Cause I didn't even get to talk about the painting yet. Oh but uh, <laughs> uh oh, oh. oh, ventures that I've done with with
0: other people with Target Corporation and Rack and
1: locally, uh... it's powerful. I mean, you have an amazing story. And I'm I'm grateful that, you know that you grace my platform to share so, um just let the people know where they can find you on social media or if you website or whatever so that they can connect it when they need to
0: absolutely uh as of right now i'm in the process of working on some adventures myself when it comes to artistic creative design including paintings and painting in general uh, as of right now you can reach me at Facebook slash Jimmy Lee. Uh, My name is Placer of the back panel itself, but uh, yeah, so just Facebook slash Jimmy Lee. I'm available not only for consultations, but also for advice. My uh, messages and things of that nature are always open, so please don't be afraid to reach out to me or add me as a friend. You can kind of see my Crazy life through social media and hear about my life <laughs> that I have and just be inspired, overall, you know, to kind of walk in your purpose and do things to do, and, you know, fine
1: Yes, 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 I agree. All right, so we're gonna pop off here. I really appreciate you listening, or if you're um, watching us on YouTube, thank you so much. I really do um, love bringing amazing humans on to speak their truth and to talk about, you know, how they are changing the planet. And definitely, Jimmy, you are changing the planet. Planet. <laughs> uh, so again, thank you so much for watching straight out of Savannah, talking with Tammy. Make sure that you follow us on YouTube as well as Anchor FM and Spotify. Um, and because we're going to be doing some amazing, awesome things in the future. Have a wonderful rest of your time. Thank you so much for joining us. Bye now.
0: I know you've been blown away with the amazing valley here today. Now go out and inspire the planet. And be sure to send us a message when you're ready to come talk about it. On Straight Outta Savannah. Talking with Tammy.